Splash 322 for throwing fire. We're keeping it there's no doubt that the game has changed and we are changing with it welcome to season two because in this season it is all about how we become and stay operational how we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job i'm your host jeff fanman Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. This podcast is brought to you as a part of the Operational Mindset Foundation. Our mission is to mentally, physically, and emotionally prepare you for the challenges you're going to face on and off the job. It's funded through donations, sponsorships, and our work with departments across the U.S. Get involved with us by visiting opmindset.org. That's opmindset.org. There you can find out how to bring a new level of training to your department and how to help us expand the conversation. Now, let's fire up today's episode. All right, welcome back to Mindset Radio. This is Jeff Bandman, your host. And today's episode, we're going to build on what we talked about Tuesday with uh, Benjamin Martin and take a little deeper dive into... Emotional intelligence, some of the core aspects of that, the traits, the pillars, you know, the critical EI abilities. Do a little teach back with you today uh, and hopefully build on what we discussed and give you some actionable resources. That's what I really felt like kind of was needed today after last week's episodes with Phil McKernan, uh, kind of the discussion around emotional stability and where we go with it. And I think these, you know, these core things we're going to talk about today are absolutely some of the fundamental underlying traits of where we go. Now, a little background on this for me and why this has become important and how this really came about for me. I, I know you've probably gotten snippets of the story over time and listening to the podcast, especially if you've picked up all the episodes, you could kind of weave things together. But I want to share with you the kind of the what happened, right, for me. So let me create some context real quick. I grew up in the fire service, early 90s, outside D.C., very rough environment, uh, very much go-getter, kicking the ass, moved down the street, uh, blue-collar environment, the department I started in uh, outside the D.C. area, founded by career firemen out of D.C., Fairfax, Arlington, Alexandria, and really, it was the place you went if you wanted to be a career person. If you wanted a career in the fire service, it's where you started. Because uh, I always referred to it uh, as more of a professional services organization than a volunteer fire department. You know, there was structured processes, times, routines, uniforms, high levels of expectations, high level of performance. And so it was a, it was a phenomenal environment to grow and develop yourself in. You know, but at that time, it was it was still the firehouse in the early 90s. It was pretty rough. It was pretty brutal. It was very blue collar. Uh, people that were there, you know, chose to be there, wanted to be there, and really dedicated themselves in a lot of ways. And then, you know, that continued into my career, getting hired right out of high school. Uh, and then, you know, I took my time and went ahead and went into the military. You know, again, a very commanding, structured, disciplined, gritty environment. 
Uh, and there was an interesting that hap- thing that happened when I transitioned out of the military, came back to the firehouse, came back to the fire service. Uh, you know, it had changed. It had changed dramatically in the membership, in the career staff, uh, and kind of who was now afoot. And, you know, for me, I was still kind of this dinosaur. I was still in this gritty phase of like, show up and do your fucking job and, you know, train to the umpteenth degree and be ready for anything that happens. And, you know, tapping my watch, hey, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're 10 minutes late, what's your problem? Uh, Get your shit and get it together. Now, all that being said, basically, I was a dick. Uh, We were great. I mean, my, my crew, my people, they were they were the best. If any of them ever listen, if I've never said that to them, they were the best. Uh, they were phenomenal. They could handle anything. And on the fire ground, we rocked it. Uh, they were, they were a phenomenal group of individuals that collectively made a phenomenal team. Uh, but what I found over time was, man, I ran them right in the ground. I mean, I, I think I said this on Tuesday's episode with Benjamin, you know, I treated every moment as if there was a fire, as if there was a catastrophic emergency in the firehouse and outside. And, you know, fast forward eight months in or so, uh, you know, virtually straight up mutiny. I mean, like I'm in the conference room with everybody on the crew and all the chiefs and they're like him or us, like, like we're, we can't do this anymore. This is exhausted us. This is, this has been brutal, and and we're not going to take it anymore. Uh, and uh, clearly, that's a huge kick in the balls, right? That's a massive blow to the ego and to what you thought you were doing correctly and the standards you thought you were upholding and the expectations uh, and so on. And, you know, I left that meeting, and literally within, I don't know, a day, and I don't know why I had picked it up, I think... Uh, I think a friend had recommended it, but within a day, I'm listening to Daniel Goldman's book titled Primal Leadership, Uh, and he goes through his, you know, Daniel Goldman, like one of the original emotional intelligence guys, uh, all his books are available on Mindset Radio. You can find all his stuff there uh, if you're looking for a good read. But he, you know, he started to design kind of the six core styles of leadership in how we function. And, you know, of course, brilliantly written, uh, at least this is how I remember it. You know, he starts with the commanding style of leadership, pace setting and commanding. These two kind of far right end points. And, you know, in all graciousness, he he starts talking about how great they are and when they're used and why you need them. And my small-minded uh, look was like, you know, I'm sitting there like, yeah, 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 he's right. You know, this is right. This is this is the way it should be. And I'm going to turn this car around. I'm going to make all these people, you know, all 18 of them sit down and listen to this. And I'm going to prove that I'm right. And, and then he he shifts the conversation and starts looking at, uh, all the negativity that comes, the exhaustion that comes with your people, the overuse of the styles, and then the long-term impact of that. And I had to sit in the car going, Fuck, he's right. He's right. 
And that really was a game changer for me. That was a big shift in both uh, how I operated, how I operate as a leader, how I operate as a human being. Um, and, you know, like I say, it's one of those, one of those books that for me was, was the right kick in the balls when I needed it. Uh, pardon the expression, but that's the best way I can describe it. And, you know, from that point forward, it was now my responsibility. I'm a big believer that you can never unhear it, right? You can never unhear this podcast. You can't ever unhear a course. You can't unhear it. The question is, what will you do with it? And so that was an opportunity for me to kind of move into a whole new course of action, a whole new level of learning, and then a whole new way of being, right? A whole new way of operating. And the impact I think that was created over the next year was a significant shift. I mean, I think we went from, you know, a point in time where probably 85 to 95, maybe 99% of the department fucking hated me, right? Just really didn't want to be around me uh, to a place where we really shifted and cultivated a whole new world and uh, reestablished who I was as a person, as a contribution to them, as a leader, um, and as a partner, right? As a friend. Uh, and so I want to share a little bit of the core aspects with you today, kind of do a little teach back on some things, just so you got some actionable stuff. Uh, you can always hit the site mindsetradio.com. Uh, if you want to sign up for the email chain, I try not to blast you. Uh, I'm going to give you 30 days of like mindset stuff, uh, each day, little short two minute or less reads. Uh, but in that also, I'm sending you kind of the operational mindset uh, guidebook, workbook that has all this stuff written out in it. It's got spaces for you to go ahead and write. I know I've got a comment back, you know, trying to get a, a fire fireman or a police officer or a military guy to talk about emotions and then even like print something and write it down. Like that's a big stretch, but I promise you it's well worth it. Uh, so, so let's get into look today at some... Uh, some of these foundations and a lot of these core foundations are driven out of Daniel Goldman's book, emotional intelligence, uh, and, you know, begins to lay the foundation. It's not the end. It's not the only thing out there. It's not the sole, you know, piece that's going to change your life. It's going to take a lot of work, but these are the pieces that start to bring knowledge together for us. And so we're going to start talking now and we're going to look at the, what, what Goldman has laid out as kind of the four critical emotional intelligence abilities, right? So the kind of the four EI abilities that, that really need to exist uh, in order for us to grow and develop, to become an emotionally intelligent human leader, uh, to deal with people in a whole different way. And this is applicable, you know, on the job, off the job in the station, out of the station, no matter where you go. And so number one in the four critical EI abilities, number one, perceiving emotions. So what, what does that look like, right? I mean, you have to create a context that you understand we are more emotional than we are logical. Human beings are more emotionally driven than logical driven. That's just the way we are. I mean, uh, science has proven, right? We register sensation uh, significantly faster than we regger, register thought. So sensation of the body creates a feeling, feeling creates an emotion, and then what we do with those becomes the outer uh, 
demonstration of that. So really when we look at perceiving emotions, it's kind of the core ability to, to, to detect and then decipher uh, my own emotions or someone else's emotions. So it's the chance to understand, hey, wait a minute, the person I'm communicating with, the person I'm engaging with is an emotional human being, right? And so how can I detect their emotional state? You know, if you go back and listen to the podcast with Sheree Alexander, the two there, uh, there's a lot of great work in there. There's a lot of key aspects, you know, when she lays out kind of her vibes model and a few other things for how to really connect with people. It's phenomenal. And it falls right in line with just this first kind of critical uh, ability that we want to do. And, and your ability to perceive emotions, right, based kind of in this understanding of emotional intelligence is what's going to make everything else possible. I mean, if you don't see it, you'll never know it, right? If you can't identify it, you'll never know it's happened. So really, when we look at it, this is the foundation, right? And so one, perceiving emotions. Two, then we go to using emotions. Now, you know, you've got to really elevate yourself here for a minute. And you got to understand this, we're not talking about like frustration and like some of the outward stuff we see. We're talking about how an individual or how you feel in a specific point in time. And, you know, yes, sometimes we need a freaking hug. Listen, the 20 second, mastering the 20 second hug is an amazing thing. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but understanding where we are, I used to say all the time, kind of the only acceptable emotion in our worlds is anger. You know, we can't be too happy. We can't be too jovial. Uh, we can't be sad. Uh, we can't feel kind of any other ways, but man, we can feel we can be pissed off, be angry, be upset all day long, and and that's that's totally good, right? So, but it's not. Um, so now, when we move from perceiving emotions and we look at how we use them, using your emotion is the ability to connect uh, emotions to cognitive activities, right? So, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm taking how I feel, how someone else feels, what's going on and then begin to connect that with my ability to think and problem solve effectively. It really enables us, if we become emotionally intelligent, it really enables us to capitalize on changing moods in ourselves and others, and even shifting our emotional context that then has an impact on those around us. And so, you know, that's a big piece. The third pillar, or the third piece, third critical EI ability we want to take a look at is understanding emotions. And that's fundamentally the ability to comprehend like what the emotion is and appreciate that there are complications in human relationships, right? So it's the, it's the willingness to understand someone else and where they are, how they've perceived something, the impacts they may have, uh, what may be going on for them, and be sensitive to kind of the variations or the range of emotions and how they have evolved over a given period of time, right? And when I can understand that, now I can start to shift the environment. You know, I, I like to say, how do I foster the outcome that we want? 
whether that's an emergency, whether that's a leadership challenge, whether that's a personality conflict, um, whether that may be an incident that we're dealing with or, uh, you know, a call that we were running or, you know, dealing overseas with a total different culture, different world, different life, different context, different entity. And then the last one here in kind of the four critical EI abilities is managing our emotions, right? And so that's the ability to regulate our emotions, both in ourself and others around us. And I think if you really do a little self-examination, if you really look at some of the maybe points of conflict or uh, high intensity moments you've had, personal relationships, professional relationships, interactions with other people in the course of work or whatever it may be, you can see that, you know, your emotions really set the stage for how things went. You know, if you're heightened, they're going to be heightened, right? We're going to mirror each other. And so as a responder, as a, as a, as a service member, uh, as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, wherever we are engaging, it really is indicative on us to bring that calm to the situation. And the way we do that is by managing our own emotions, but we regulate our, our own so that others can regulate around us. The more stable we are, the more sound the environment becomes, the more we have an opportunity to actually bring calm to it or bring the appropriate course of action to the table. You know, if we're all spun up or heightened or frustrated or pissed off, you know, that's going to have an impact on the people around us. And so the, the, the more we master this trait, where we end up is in this place where, you know, if we're highly emotionally intelligent or we're truly emotionally intelligent, we can kind of harness those emotions, even negative ones and, and work them through to achieve the outcome that we want to achieve. All right, we're going to take a quick break to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Brute Force Training. When you're ready to be in the physical condition necessary to meet the rigors, demands, and expectations of your profession, then check out the team over at BruteForceTraining.com and pick up their gear. I promise you, it will put you in the condition you need to be in for this moment and the next. You can use the discount code OPMINDSET, that's OPMINDSET, and the team will take a little bit off the top for you. Now, always remember, train accordingly. Now, let's get back to the show. And so once we kind of put all these things together, once we're in a place where we can perceive emotions in ourselves and others, we, we can identify them, we understand what they are, right? We get them. We then can begin to leverage them appropriately, not against other people, but in ourselves to support then our thought, our problem-solving capability, Right, we can use it as a point of, and you'll hear me say this a bunch, curiosity to explore why do I feel this way? Why did they feel this way? What has happened? Can I get in their world? Can I see from their point of view and how they experienced whatever it was they experienced, how that could leave that impact on them? And you know, that crosses right into the boundary of really deeply understanding it, comprehending it, and appreciating the complications that we, you know, we're human beings. We're freaking complicated, yet super simple, you know, sacks of meat, basically. And so really being able to wrap that together to a point where then I can manage it effectively and self-regulate and then look to regulate others. That's the real 
That's the magic. That's where magic starts to happen. This isn't about working somebody or trying to get somebody to do something or leveraging it in some negative context. It's really about sitting back on, okay, what's going on for this person? What's going on for me? Are we in sync emotionally so that then we can get in sync logically? Do I need to regulate myself or adjust myself accordingly to kind of de-escalate the situation, to engage appropriately? And, you know, as human beings, what do we want? We want to be heard. We want to be acknowledged. We want to be seen, right? We want to be appreciated. We want to be respected. And that only comes when we can sit back and get in someone else's world. Like we set aside all our own stuff, all our own garbage, and we're willing to look and say, oh, I could see how when I said that or when I did that or when that happened, you know, the way we ran that call or the way things went, I can see that how that created an impact on you for what you believe, for what your value systems are, for how you perceive things. I can totally get it. Doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but I do have to acknowledge that it exists. So I hope that makes sense to you, right? So if we lay that as the foundation, what that enables us to do is then transition into kind of the five core pillars of emotional intelligence, which are self-awareness, self-regulation, internal motivation, empathy, and social skills. And so I want to talk about some of those just briefly here today. And again, you can grab the workbook, you know, work through some of this stuff, think about it, pick up the book. I would highly recommend, you know, if this strikes a chord with you, strikes a nerve with you, the way you grow is getting on it, taking some action, reading and then application of it. And then you've kind of got to test and evaluate it. You got to practice it. You got to get, you got to get in the game. Uh, It doesn't work just to have it like to read the book and be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. And then go back to being a jerk. That doesn't work. So you really got to challenge yourself uh, to move forward. And so let's look at it for a second. So what's self-awareness? Well, the ability to recognize and understand moods, emotions, drivers, right? And their effect on me and others, right? So how am I being that's having an impact? You know, when I look back at my time, plenty of times, I mean, countless times that I can see where just my mood has completely dysregulated the people around me, right? If I'm in a shitty space, upset, irritated, uh, regardless as to do with anybody around me or not, I can clearly understand, identify the impact that has on the people around me. And so that enables me to understand my personal emotions. And then I can look to say, all right, well, what's really causing that? What's what is happening? And why am I allowing that to have an impact on me? So, you know, when you see really self-aware people, most of the time, they're more comfortable in their own skin, right? They're, they're willing to be frustrated, um, be upset and identify what that is, right? So now today, if I'm, if I'm in that mood or I'm upset, if Morgan challenges me or anybody else is kind of like, what's going on with you, you know, don't get your ick on me or whatever else, I'm able to take a step back, regulate and go, wait a minute, do I really need to allow this to impact me this way? 
Is that really necessary? And, you know, sometimes things just piss me off. Now they just piss me off and I can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed at X, Y, and Z. And now here's what I'm going to do about it. Or here's how I'm going to resolve it. It doesn't linger, right? It doesn't, it doesn't just stick around. I'm able to identify it because I'm aware of what happened and the impact it had on me, which then moves me to the next pillar of self-regulation. Now, see, I can choose to ignore it. I can just be shitty. I can be in a pissed off mood or I can be upset or I can be down. You know, I can let it linger and not talk, not talk about it, not deal with it, not look at it. Or I can actually look to see how I need to regulate myself. Right. And so I can understand how to control or even redirect some of the disruptive impulses or moods. Right. If I'm if I'm pissed, um, you know, maybe I'm snappy or maybe I want to, you know, push back at somebody or punch a hole in the wall or whatever it may be. Right. And so this is where we really begin to take control over the the, you know, the the motion of the emotion, right? The, the inner feeling coming out to the outer act, outward act, right? And so this is what we're talking about. This is how, you know, we're looking at, and you could track back to even when we would do our heart rate variability analysis and we'd, you know, be tracking people. You could see, I mean, the mirroring is crazy to watch how we can dysregulate each other. You know, we used to say, you know, don't don't take the ride, don't take the ride with them. Um, so th- that's that point, right? So I'm not gonna if I got somebody all spun up, wound up. You know, we're going to an incident, they're all hyped up. Don't get on that train, right? It's your job to regulate. It's your job to settle. It's your job to bring them over to your emotional state of calm and capable versus falling into their state of excited, maybe, you know, out of control, because that state, that's going to start to inhibit all the cognitive processes you need. And so, you know, as you begin to master that self-regulation ability, you know, it really allows you to, you know, balance what's taking place, to look at it in a logical way, to shift, you know, to reflect, to rest, to understand how stress is hitting you, uh, what's taking place, managing that impulse. Maybe that impulse is to, you know, tell somebody to shut the up, you know, or get in somebody's face or whatever else. I mean, listen, we're all going <laughs> to, we're all going to fail at that on a pretty consistent basis. The difference is, do you recognize it? And then do you do something about it? Do you take care of it? Do you see what it is so that you can re-regulate, you know, quicker next time? The third pillar we're going to move to is internal motivation, right? And so this works inner and outer, right? This works with yourself and others. Like what is the internal reason for why you do what you do, why you're feeling the way you feel, why you're acting the way you act, right? We're not talking about money or status or any of that other stuff. What we're talking about here is what drives a human to do what they do. You know, and I think I got some counsel years ago when I was struggling uh, in, in, as a leader, at, you know, some point I got challenged to really sit down with my people and ask them why, why are you even here? Like not in a, you know, get out of here way, but why, what draws you 
to be here? What is the internal driver for you to be a firefighter, to you, for you to be a police officer, for you to have joined the military? Like, what was that driver? What did you say to yourself? What did you imagine it would be like? How is that different now? And then what keeps you coming to work every day? Beyond money, beyond a paycheck, beyond whatever, you know, cool factor may be there, whatever, whatever exists, beyond that why, right? And really understanding why someone is doing what they do. And, you know, it allows you to get to a level of real authenticity so that then that's the playground, especially as a leader, right? Especially in that leadership role, especially in a high conflict or a high state of interaction with other people, understanding their internal motivation, you know, why they do what they do or why they're doing what they're doing really is, is like the, is the magic key, right? To the lockbox that enables you to now work at a level deeper than just circumstances or situation. You know, we'd like to get wrapped into, well, you said this, this happened, and just deal on very much a surface level of interaction and, you know, what I call circumstance and then, you know, situational stuff. We love to. Why? Because it's generally easy, you know, because we have courses of action. We can do apply discipline. We can do whatever we need to do. I think I told somebody, you know, in council back one time, had another young officer struggling with their, their, their crew. Uh, I told him to go home, write down every negative action he could take by the standards, policies, procedures, write them all down, you know, really blow it out, lay out every single thing he could do, then walk outside and burn it now figure out how to lead his people. And that's what we're talking about here. That's the discovery of the internal motivation of your people, why they're even there. Once I can work on that level, we're going to start to see some real shifts in connection, in leadership, in commitment. And that's going to be the gateway for you to drive the actions and the outcomes that you want to see. Now, the fourth pillar here is empathy, right? Empathy. So empathy is really just the ability to understand the emotional makeup of other people uh, and understand everyone is different, right? There can be a collective group feeling or emotion, but if you were to unpack that, that's really driven by whoever the, what I would call the influencer is in that circle. So for instance, if I'm the leader on a crew of five people, Whatever my emotional state is, if I'm the actual influencer, whatever my emotional state is, that's going to resonate across the group and they're going to mirror into that. I mean, I've even been the non-leader in the group, but I've been the influencer in the past uh, to regulate the group's emotional state. And so when we deal with understanding what empathy looks like, it is the willingness to kind of identify Who's where individually and how is everybody operating collectively? And if you need to shift it, shift it. If you need to call it out, call it out. Like this is the opportunity for action. And so that's not going to come from kind of a knowledge set. There's not a checklist for that. That is you sensing what's taking place and the emotional structure or makeup of an individual or a group of people and then choosing a course of action to regulate it, right? Or to move it in the direction that you need it to go. 
And it'll come from listening to others, making people feel seen, heard, validated, right? Taking literally a step of, hey, what's going on? You know, or maybe I, as a leader, I've got an influencer in the group that's creating a negative impact on the group. I can pull them aside and just go, what's going on? Like, I, I, here's what I, here's what I'm sensing. I'm sensing you're out of source or I'm sensing you're frustrated or I'm sensing you're upset at something. What's going on? And you may have to help facilitate them, guide them through this, especially if they're not connected to it, right? And be willing to take a look at it. Often what you'll find is it has nothing to do with what's going on in that particular moment, that particular situation. It's it's a layover from something else, right? It's a lingering from something completely unrelated, but because they're kind of on the ride, everything's stacking on top and it's just one thing after another, after another, after another. And it's the opportunity to help them regulate. If you can regulate them and they're the kind of influencer amongst the group and introduce them back into the team, you will see an instant shift because nobody else wants to be there, right? They're just dysregulated. So that's one of the aspects when you're dealing at how do I, how do I build my capacity to be, uh, or to have a higher level of empathy uh, to be empathetic amongst my team or my individuals, right? That's the point of action that we take. And then that triggers right into the fifth pillar of social skills, right? And so it becomes that proficiency in managing relationships, right? So individual and collective relationships across a network, how to find common ground, build rapport, you know, increase the social awareness of the group, manage the energy, bring the calm to the situation, you know, and this, this may not be even your own people. This may be, you know, for, especially for law enforcement officers out on the call, right. Stepping into kind of the unknown, you know, 90% of it is, you know, going in, taking reports, finding out what's going on, trying to solve the problem. If you can step in there with a high level of emotional intelligence and look at what's real for people, because what people perceive as real is their emotional state. I'm going to say that one more time. What people perceive is as real is their emotional state. So they're hurt, they're disregarded, they're upset. You know, that's that's the flow that we've got to be able to, to really dive into and take a look at if we want to operate at a different level. All right, so I really hope that, uh, one, I hope you understand that. I hope that made uh, some uh, level of sense for you today as we went through these things, as we talked about kind of the four critical EI abilities. Remember, that's perceiving emotions, using emotions, understanding emotions, and managing emotions. And then kind of took a quick look at the five pillars of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-regulation, internal motivation, empathy, and social skills. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. We're going to kind of continue this this conversation of emotional stability through this month. Uh, So I've got some great guests coming up for you next Tuesday. Really looking forward to it. Again, Swing by Mindset Radio. Uh, The show notes will be up. I'm going to put the worksheets and the content up on uh, that that show notes spot. So that'll be available for you. And you can always sign up for the emails, grab the workbook, 
download it, work through it yourself, or shoot me a note. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts and conversations. Check us over out of Facebook. Um, I think we're at Mindset Radio Podcast. Uh, Join the Mindset Radio group. Uh, Dive in. Let's get into a conversation about it. Happy to help. And, you know, if you missed Tuesday's episode with Benjamin Martin, pop back and take a listen. And then I would say from a reference standpoint, if any of this struck a chord for you, another great source are those episodes with uh, Sheree Alexander out of season one, uh, looking at her vibes and her method of observe, uh, connect and influence. Uh, some phenomenal, phenomenal information there as well. So, all right, that's going to close it out for this Thursday. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in, do me a favor, share the episodes out with people around you. That's how you... Uh, kind of expand your world, right, is by getting others in the conversation with you. Uh, and, you know, we will see you again on Tuesday. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Today's show was brought to you in part by the Primed Mind app. You know, I've gotten to know Elliot Rowe for some time now, and using his app has been a huge game changer for me. It brings together a perfect set of guided meditations that really keep you in the game. Whether it's sleep, performance, workouts, resiliency, or making those critical transitions between home and work, the Prime Mind app is my go-to source for putting me in the mental and emotional condition necessary to deal with whatever comes my way. Check it out at mindsetradio.com backslash primed mind. That's P-R-I-M-E-D-M-I-N-D. Download it and check out what Elliot has to offer. Remember, This podcast is only available through your continued support through donations to the Operational Mindset Foundation at opmindset.org and through your engagement with our sponsors. So stop by mindsetradio.com for all the show notes from today's episode and show some love to all of our sponsors by visiting mindset.com backslash sponsors. As always, feel free to drop me a note with your thoughts about today's episode or join us on Facebook in the Mindset Radio Facebook group. You could follow us on Instagram at Mindset Radio or over at Twitter at Mindset underscore radio. That's Mindset underscore radio over on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and I'm looking forward to next time. Until then, stay safe and stay operational, my friends.